Chapter 12, Mentoring New Science Teachers. Novices get better when we support them with good feedback. I recently visited a student teacher at the end of his first month of full-time student teaching in an urban magnet school, and I had high hopes for him in his new placement. I had watched him struggle with teaching science to sixth graders during his initial practicum and was looking forward to seeing him teach a lesson in physics, his college major, and area of teacher certification. He had assured me that a high school physics class was where he belonged, given his experience as an electrical engineer in a previous career. When I arrived at his room a few minutes before class, he had just stepped out into the hall while his cooperating teacher handled the 10-minute advisory period. His appearance reminded me of a wrestler leaving the ring, and the way he mopped the sweat off his forehead and arched his back against the lockers communicated a deep exhaustion. He caught his breath and greeted me, and when I asked him how it was going, he simply said, This is really hard. As I watched him teach that afternoon, I understood completely. It was the last day of the marking period, and he seemed barraged by students with last-minute work all throughout the hour. Furthermore, his students had not understood the previous day's lab on heat capacity, and his patient explanations and expertly formatted slides did not seem to be helping much. A demonstration in which he tried to boil water in a bell jar at room temperature completely failed to work, even after his cooperating teacher stepped in to help. After ten minutes, they both admitted defeat and moved on with the lesson. I had hoped we could chat after class, but as soon as the bell rang, he was swamped at the front desk by students jockeying for his time and attention. We only managed a distant wave, with an implicit promise to catch up later. As I returned over the course of the semester, the strain of student teaching was never far from the surface, even as he continued to find joy in teaching a subject he loved. For more than a decade, I have spent time in science classrooms researching how people learn to teach science, and have come to deeply appreciate the role that cooperating teachers and mentors play in the process. Undoubtedly, cooperating teachers have ideas about how people learn to teach, and these ideas influence the types of support they offer to their student teachers. Yet, these ideas and personal theories do not always align with the emerging research on learning to teach, creating tensions and pressures on the very people they intend to help. Here are some things we know. Learning to teach is stressful, and is a time of intense personal transitions that often force people to change who they think they are. Novice teachers also come with their own ideas about teaching formed from their own experiences, and they often use their own schooling as a guide for best practice. Their own experiences with inquiry inside and outside science classrooms greatly influences their likelihood of fostering inquiry in their own classrooms as teachers. They may know they are supposed to address misconceptions, but then are not quite sure what to do with student ideas once they are out in the open. Many are still learning the content, and most are struggling with both teaching equitably to all students and keeping pace with district curriculum guidelines. We also know that novice science teachers usually try to enact the vision of good science teaching they encounter as they learn to teach, and messages about good science teaching can come from teacher education programs, colleagues, and mentors, as well as from the culture of the schools in which they work. In some cases, enacting this vision means adhering closely to particular resources and approaches that rely on following the guidelines of expert curriculum developers. For others, good science teaching may entail learning cycles with vibrant activities, lesson planning through backward design, or reflective practices that weave social justice topics into every science unit. It is challenging for novice science teachers to integrate their own ideas about good teaching with those of their teacher education programs and schools where they teach. Furthermore, enacting this vision of good science teaching in an actual classroom with actual students may be even more daunting. 
the mentoring that new teachers receive has significant consequences for how these challenges are addressed. To aid in making such choices, I present here 10 suggestions for mentoring novice teachers in high school science classes. These suggestions come from my own work in tracking prospective high school science teachers in different university-based teacher education programs. Though they are aimed primarily at cooperating teachers working in a mentoring relationship with full-time student teachers, there are now many ways to prepare science teachers that do not employ traditional student teaching experiences. Some novice teachers begin working immediately as a teacher of record and receive infrequent mentoring, while others in teacher residency programs are among the most supported types of teacher learners in the history of teacher education. Yet, even a teacher with a few years of experience can benefit from a mentoring relationship with an experienced master teacher. So even though I use the phrases cooperating teacher and student teacher, my hope is that the suggestions are more broadly applicable to any type of mentor-mentee pairs. 1. Stay with them in the classroom. During my research, I was surprised by how many cooperating teachers simply disappeared, thinking that they were doing their student teachers a favor. Science teachers tend to have prep rooms, and this can seem an attractive place to hide in order to give a student teacher more autonomy. Though well-intentioned, this practice denies student teachers the opportunity to receive ongoing feedback based on the cooperating teacher's professional knowledge and observations. By the end of student teaching, leaving them alone may be an appropriate strategy, but for the first few months, student teachers need formative feedback and logistical support, even if they seem quite capable of doing things on their own. Student teachers have often reported to me that their need for feedback is more pressing than their desire for autonomy. Many cooperating teachers are apprehensive about bruising the emerging professional egos of their student teachers. Yet, student teaching may be one of the few times in a teacher's career when they have the opportunity to learn hard truths about their teaching from a knowledgeable and caring colleague. Many student teachers genuinely want these conversations to occur. Little learning will take place if they only hear that everything is fine. The best mentors appear to practice compassionate confrontation, offering useful, timely feedback in manageable chunks so as not to seem overwhelming. Usually, just addressing one or two major issues from each lesson is sufficient. 2. Turn on your commentary track. Many movies on DVD have an option to turn on the director's commentary audio track so the viewer can hear about what went into the making of the film, highlighting details that might otherwise be very difficult to perceive. Likewise, good cooperating teachers can keep a running commentary going for student teachers. This can help prevent student teachers from an uncritical imitation and focus their attention instead on the underlying goals of a particular practice. It is also a way to share hard-won practical wisdom. If a cooperating teacher organizes a lab activity in a certain way after tweaking it for years, talking through the reasons why can be very beneficial to a student teacher. 3. Work with your student teacher to find creative outlets. A common frustration among student teachers concerns the curricular constraints they feel upon entering their classrooms. Though this is often true in the case of undergraduates in their 20s who continue to make up the majority of new teachers, older career changers may feel this way too. Ready to spread their wings and fly, the last thing many wish to hear is that they will be following a carefully prepared common curriculum that their new colleagues have developed. Student teachers often have ideas about the creative lessons and activities they wish to do some of which may even be required by their teacher education program, only to find there is no space to implement their plans. Student teachers often fail to realize that a curriculum does not teach itself. Simply having established learning goals and activities does not mean a lesson will just unfold automatically. 
Student teachers can be given the task of deciding exactly what they will say to introduce a lesson, elicit student ideas, run a discussion, review assignments, or organize class data from a lab activity, and can be encouraged to be creative in these tasks. Helping them find professional outlets for their creativity is a valuable way to channel their desire to show what they can do. This has the added benefit of focusing them on planning at the level of the specific discourse moves they intend to make, and may help nurture the collaborative skills they will need as teachers. 4. Model how to teach in a constructivist manner. In far too many science classes, students still spend a great deal of time copying notes from the front of the room. Whether the delivery device is a chalkboard, screen, or electronic whiteboard, student teachers often think about their teaching in terms of transmitting content to students, rather than thinking about teaching as a way to help students build coherent structures of knowledge for themselves. This is particularly true in secondary science, where much of the content, especially as presented in textbooks, can seem sequential and indisputable. Novices may be new to the notion that student ideas are the raw material of our work as teachers. One way to do this is to focus collective planning efforts on eliciting student ideas about science phenomena for the purpose of using those ideas in instruction. Student teachers can be encouraged to attend to student ideas and student thinking in general with assessment probes, journals, do-nows, demonstrations, think-pair-shares, and tasks that require the presentation of explanatory arguments from evidence. Teaching this way also means tapping into students' ways of understanding and communicating about the world. Often, this entails taking into account the range of life experiences students bring to the task of learning, as well as leveraging student diversity as a resource to be tapped rather than an obstacle to be overcome. Novice teachers may appreciate suggestions on specific opportunities to study the students themselves and learn more about their lives, and will likely benefit from guidance on how to connect their science teaching to what they discover. 5. Share topic-specific science teaching knowledge. A master teacher might know six ways to teach the concept of density, but student teachers may have just one, and that one way may simply reflect how they learned it in school when they were younger. A pressing concern for novice teachers is the development of a repertoire of topic-specific practices, representations of the content, and knowledge about various approaches for teaching different topics. Cooperating teachers know a great deal about all of these, and even sharing strategies they themselves do not use will help the student teachers enrich their repertoire of what is possible in their own science teaching. No science methods course can prepare students for every topic they might teach, and teacher education programs count on cooperating teachers to fill many of these gaps. Student teachers need classroom experiences in how to use the various types of laboratory and demonstration equipment in their classroom and around the science department. Student teachers may never have operated gas sensor probes or Van de Graaff generators before, and even if they are familiar with this equipment, learning to use these items pedagogically can often be challenging. Having the opportunity to practice and explore the use of science teaching equipment and other instructional technology with the guidance of a knowledgeable mentor is always a valuable use of time in the student teaching experience. 6. Model how to learn new content as a teacher. Student teachers quickly learn that their content knowledge, strong as it is in certain areas, may not be nearly as deep or flexible as they might wish it to be. This can be frustrating and embarrassing and may make them feel inadequate and underprepared. Even the strongest among them will still be learning the science content and it will likely show through in their teaching when fragments of their knowledge appear untethered to big ideas of the discipline. Cooperating teachers who are honest with student teachers about their own learning and exhibit a growth mindset are able to lay the groundwork for future conversations about understanding the content. 
One approach is the use of rehearsals during preparation for lessons, in which a cooperating teacher may ask a student teacher to describe how they might explain a particular science idea to the students. If the student teacher has trouble with a lesson because of the content, a good mentor will not hesitate to give a mini-lesson on the spot to help clear things up. 7. Plan Together Having recently taken college courses that explore the upper reaches of their disciplines, like physical chemistry and molecular ecology, student teachers may forget what it is like not to know something simple, like Newton's laws, the periodic table, or basic cell structure. This is complicated because people who choose to become high school science teachers were likely high achievers as students themselves. Consequently, they may feel that they are dumbing down the curriculum when writing lessons and unit plans, and worry that they are being unfaithful to their science disciplines when they modify lessons for different learners. Planning together and continually asking, what do we want the students to learn from this, is important for these reasons. Student teachers benefit from both guidance on setting appropriate learning goals for students and ongoing discussions about what constitutes acceptable evidence of meeting those goals. When framed this way, the intellectual challenge of planning may even appeal to the scientific problem-solving disposition of student teachers. 8. Make time to talk. Even though student teachers and cooperating teachers work together daily, they may not be adequate time during the bustle of the school day to talk in-depth about how things are going. If there are important issues that need addressing, they will likely not get resolved on their own without conversation. Occasionally, these are about matters outside of the classroom. Issues of professionalism, like timeliness or appropriate attire, are often of concern to cooperating teachers. While student teachers may be more preoccupied with the challenging nature of the experience of student teaching and its impact on their personal lives. Classroom management troubles often take precedence for student teachers, and a cooperating teacher's approach to talking through these issues will determine whether they will be able to move beyond a fixation on student control to a focus on student learning. The cooperating teacher and student teacher ought to be able to express their expectations and needs at the beginning of the student teaching experience, and subsequently keep their lines of communication open. 9. Connect student teachers to the larger political world of the school. Student teachers may express an interest in learning more about their legal rights and responsibilities as teachers. These may include questions about safety in the science classrooms, school budgets, and how contract negotiations work, among other things. Learning about all of this is important, especially given how deeply politics, the processes by which people in power are organized in a society, influences the work of teaching, both in the classroom and in teachers' personal and professional lives. This helps them see the niche that a classroom teacher occupies in relation to the larger systems of the school and society as a whole. Cooperating teachers can assist in providing student teachers opportunities to learn about and think through these issues in a number of ways. It is worthwhile for them to attend a school board meeting, meet community organizers, and talk to people who understand the history of the district and the school. Understanding the role of teachers' unions, which some places have and others do not, and how the specific employment contract operates in a district is always beneficial. They can be shown what a teacher evaluation report looks like and be encouraged to explore online documents like school testing data, state report cards, census data for the district, and the school budget. As in every profession, novice teachers will hear stories about those who crossed ethical and legal lines, or were accused of doing so, some of whom encountered swift and severe consequences and others who faced none. The role of a mentoring figure is ensuring that novices consider the full complexity of these stories and take away lessons from them that help foster, and not shut down, their professional growth. 
Giving student teachers a sense of the different perspectives available on relevant issues at the level of the school and classroom is also very valuable. What are the discussions in the district around English language learners, gifted education, attendance areas, preparation periods, teacher duties, parent meetings, and the budget? What happens at meetings of child study teams? How are students selected for advanced science courses? What are the legal requirements for storing chemicals and keeping students safe in a lab? Student teachers who explore the answers to such inquiries will soon begin generating more and better questions, an outcome any good scientist can appreciate. 10. Treat student teaching as a learning opportunity, not as a performance. Many student teachers, as much as they would like to think otherwise, view their teaching as a performance, evaluating each lesson as a test they either pass or fail. They often need help in reframing their work more clinically, with the view that there is something to be learned from each lesson. This may not be a student teacher's initial orientation, yet with sustained effort a mentor can cultivate such a disposition over time. One way to do this is have a candid talk prior to any observation about the use of evaluative language. There is nothing more natural than saying, that lesson went well, to a student teacher after an observation, but such language can be counterproductive in the longer-term goals of improving practice and student learning because it feeds the impression that each lesson is to be judged. It is more productive to begin instead with the assumption that in each lesson there will be parts that are good and other parts that can be improved. Mentoring a student teacher is both challenging and rewarding. The hard work that goes into helping someone learn how to teach is balanced by the benefit of having an enthusiastic apprentice, and taking advantage of this situation is essential for cooperating teachers' own professional learning. Cooperating teachers may even present student teachers with their own problems of practice to see what solutions they can offer. If there is a lab activity that needs improvement or a bothersome classroom issue that persists over time, the student teacher may have unexpected insights. After all, they are often searching for new strategies themselves and may have an answer right at their fingertips. Being able to make the mentoring relationship mutually beneficial is one final lesson to student teachers about the value of humility and grace in lifelong learning, which they will likely take with them as they grow over the years into mentors themselves.